This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today, we have a special question and answer episode for you, and we had some really great questions from our Subrice Education members just about things that they're struggling with when it comes to their photography business. So Cat Ford Coates also joined me just to help troubleshoot and give some solutions to some issues that can be quite common for people as they're working through either starting a business or leveling up their photography business. We had a lot of fun doing this episode today, and we hope you enjoy. Hey, Kat, thank you for being here to answer questions with me today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I loved having you on for your own episode. And I just know you're really good at helping answering questions. So I was like, oh, yeah, Kat's going to be really good for this one. So yeah, so thank you. Absolutely. We'll have fun. All right. So our first question today comes to us from Spain, and it's Olga Poppius. And it has to do with rebranding and just switching over to a different genre, you know, switching over to portraits. So let's listen to her question. Hello, hello. Greetings from Spain. Uh, I would love to ask from a situation what I have with my photography. I've been working in commercial photography for 20 years and I built up a name and reputation. I'm, I'm quite known in my area and people know my name quite well in commercial and fashion photography. Though I have had a success as a portrait photographer, my Instagram is pretty saturated from the fashion photography and commercial photography and I would love to change into full-time portrait photography and I am having a challenge of how to start to market me as a portrait studio. Uh, Should I bring a whole new Instagram for that only or should I create a new studio name just for portraiture? just to not to confuse people or to make more brighter and clearer brand. This is really a big stuck point for me to get forward at the moment. I really, really, really need an insight on this, how to transform and make the transition clear and profitable and successful in what way. Thank you so much for your help. All right. I actually have several thoughts around this. You know, a lot of people 
switch genres into portraits or switch out of portraits or whatever, just switch a, a genre in general. I know I personally switch from weddings into portraits. And that was something that I struggled with too. Like, how do I do this on my Instagram, on my Facebook, on my website, so that people, you know, don't just only see my wedding work and like, how does I don't want to shoot weddings anymore. And one of the best pieces of advice that I can give, pieces of advice that I can give is show what you want to book. So if you want to continue to book fashion, then keep posting fashion. If you don't want to to book fashion anymore and you strictly want to do portraits, start showing portraits. And, and I will say, Olga, that I looked at your Instagram and your work is really, really beautiful and really, really cohesive. And it actually, to me, looks like you already have some portraits in there. So I would just say keep doing what you're doing. Just post more portraits. Because if you want to book portraits, and if you're out there thinking, yeah, but I don't have any portraits to post, then it's time to start portfolio building and just get people in for free if you need to. Have neighbors come over, you know, photograph your friends, you know, anyone that you can get in front of your camera so you can show what you want to book. So what do you think, Kat? What advice would you give to Olga? Well, I think she's in a really unique position coming out of like fashion and commercial and wanting to steer more toward the portrait genre because in this this portrait she could bring in so much of that fashion infusion into her portrait work that would really make mm-hmm. her stand out. So instead of creating a separate Instagram, like just start leveraging in to the Instagram that you already have because she has a following. So why not just start infusing her portrait work with that fashion flair that she's been doing for 20 years? I think she's in a really great spot. Yeah, I think so too. And and like you said, I don't think you need to have a separate, Mm -mm. you know, Instagram page for this because it's not like you're going from newborns to fashion or newborns. You know, like this is something like you said that absolutely you can have your just typical everyday portrait clients and make them feel like they're a fashion model, make them them feel like they're in a magazine and and you've got that sort of skill already. So I would say just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. 1000%. Yeah. And you know, you brought up a good point, Kat, that made me think of episode number 27 with Jay Mayhew. She went from commercial and fashion into portraits, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what she one of the ways that she has niched down and like marketed her brand now is I will make you feel like a fashion model, like I will give you that experience. So, I think you're in a really good position here, Olga. And for anyone else out there who's looking to switch genres, you know, it just really depends on which genres you're switching from and to, and then also, like, I cannot stress this enough show and post what you want to book because that's what people are going to see and and that's you know how they're going to decide they want to book you is based on the work that you're showing so thank you Olga for calling in and we wish you the best of luck and again your Instagram I love your color tones I love your photos and I just don't see you having a problem with this especially because you said you already have you know a really good clientele base oh and you know what else you know I was thinking Kat too she could also take those current clients that she has, and I know commercial and fashion is different, but they are still people who might need portraits and headshots and know people who might need portraits and that sort of thing. So gosh, you could offer gift vouchers, let people know you're adding this extra part to your brand. And if they want to, you know, freshen up their own photos or do, you know, celebrate turning 30 or 50 or whatever it is like, oh, I just feel like you're in a really good place. Don't you think she is? No, I I totally agree. I totally agree because that's the thing about portrait is it is everyone. 
you don't need to be a model per se, right? right? To experience this kind of, this kind of session. And so she's already got a great network, like lean into it, celebrate it because here's the other people that I will do. People love being a part of someone's success story. Mm -hmm. So if you're network and your client base can be the bridge for you to cross over into portrait, they're happy to do it. So that's where gift vouchers really come right here. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're wondering about gift vouchers and how to use them, that sort of thing, we talk about them quite a bit in all the different episodes. And then Sue has a video on the Sue Bryce education website. She's a several videos where she talks about how to use these gift vouchers and and the difference between free shoots and gift vouchers and how to give them away in a way that isn't like cheap or discounting sounding or whatever. So that's there's all that information is there for you on the SBE website. All right. So let's go to our next question, which is from Nancy. And I'm not going to say her last name only because it's kind of a legal question here. And I don't want her to get into any trouble. <laughs> all right. Let's listen to Nancy's question. <laughs> Hi, my name is Nancy, and I have a home studio. It's got four shoot areas. I have been a commercial photographer working business to business, switching over to portraits. My problem is, is my home studio, we're located in a gated community, and the POA does not allow businesses that are open to the public. So I can't advertise uh, even on Facebook or social media, I can't put out an ad saying, come and buy portraits from me or anything to that effect. So I'm needing help with how to overcome that. And I was thinking a 40 to 40 project with a book instead of a gallery showing. And uh, I still need better wording to help me overcome that. Because each person that comes in, comes in and I have to call in a pass for them to get into the community. So um, I'm just looking for ways to be able to shoot that without advertising it to the public. Thanks. Okay, so Nancy, this is a tricky one. As much as I would love to like give you advice on how to skirt around this legally, I, I there's they're really if if they're telling you you can't do it, it's a battle you're not going to win. Trust me. I've got an HOA at our lake house that we um, had an issue with and they can be relentless. And it's something where if it's in your bylaws, there is literally no way around it. If you get caught you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So this is kind of what I wanted to do. I kind of want to encourage maybe other ways, um, other places that you could shoot. I, I know it sucks because if you've got your own home studio, of course you want to shoot there. But I want to encourage you to maybe consider finding another space that this could work in. There are shared spaces. There are, you know, there are ways to find share partners so that you're not shouldering the whole cost of a studio. I I just, I wish I had a better answer because I'm sure that's not the answer that you're looking for. But if you don't want to get into any sort of legal trouble and you want to be able to market your business properly, you just can't do it there. I mean, Kat, what do you think? You know, I agree. Um, I wish I could be like, oh, you know, you could do X, Y, and Z. But really, at the end of the day, legally, you know, she's she's bound to the contract. But that being said, this is a really great opportunity to start thinking creatively. And who, what other businesses might she partner with to put on a campaign like this that maybe they could contribute with a location that she could mm-hmm, shoot in? that they could work on on sort of elevating that campaign together. And then you have the added bonus 
of that business's network being a part of it and that many more people discussing it. Oh, yeah, I love that. That's great. That's great advice for sure. And, you know, and I want to take this opportunity just to help people out there who maybe don't have a studio or don't want to shoot at home or can't shoot at home or... I mean, there's always a way to do it. You can find someone to share with. Like, for example, I have shared a studio space with makeup artists for years, and that has helped shoulder, you know, some of the expense. You could share with another photographer. You can look at daily rentals. I mean, there are there's, you, you could even do a trade with someone. Like, if, if you know someone who's got a really beautiful space, even if it's not a studio, but you're like, oh, my gosh, I would love to shoot there, what service do they offer you know, that, that you might need or, or could you offer to do their photos in exchange for using their space? I mean, it's just really thinking outside of the box here if you're trying to find, you know, a space to shoot in. Kat, what about you? How does, what, what about, I mean, have you thought of any other ways that, I know you have a, a studio now, but prior to when you had a studio, what did you do? Oh my gosh. Um, well, the, when I really started digging into this business model, I had all of my consultations and sales meetings in a co-working mm, space. Mm-hmm. And then I rented the upstairs over a bar that I worked at, um, had really beautiful natural light. And she let me rent it by the hour. And, you know, I mean, it was just one of those situations where you find a way, um, and then each of my studios, you know, has built up over the years. Uh, but I think in, in her instance, really it's, that's going to be a big deal in finding somebody else with the demographic that she's wanting to photograph mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is their target demographic too. And, you know, really go after it gangbusters so that she's not in, in breach of contract with her right. HOA. The other option too, and, and this is kind of a big one though, is to talk to, talk to the HOA and find out if this is an option. You know, sometimes they will make exceptions, you know, maybe with COVID or I I mean, I don't know, like maybe there is a way that you can say, listen, I need to do this at home or, um, you know, do you ever make any exceptions? You won't have signs up. You won't have anything, you know, um, it, it, it couldn't hurt to talk to them. Although then that's putting you on the radar as well. So it's going to be a personal decision. We just don't want to see you get in any legal trouble, Nancy. That's for sure. Well, and that's a really great point because the rule, right, is that it's not open to the public. When I hear something like that, I hear like storefront and people coming through my space and just willy nilly with office hours. If it's by appointment only, I wonder if that might give you a little wiggle room when you do Mm -hmm. ask, if you decide that's the avenue you want to go. Every HOA is so different. And so like the one that we're part of here in our late community, it's so strict. But then in our primary home that we're about to move into, we're like, nope, we're not going to do it. But we found out that this HOA is not, it's very loose and it's very different. So they all differ, but again, don't want to see you get in trouble. All right. So our next question comes from Shelly Franklin with Franklin Photography Studios in Scottsdale, Arizona. And she just wants to know about how to push through a difficult situation. So let's listen to this question and then we'll go from there. Hi, my name is Shelly Franklin, and I'm a portrait photographer in Scottsdale, Arizona. My studio's name is Franklin Photography Studios. I have been shooting in my new studio space for the last year and a half, and feel super blessed right now because I'm more busy than I've ever been before. I started a 50 over 50 project, and it really just blew up, um, that along with my pet photography work, and now some senior photos. Everything is just super busy, and my question is, how do you get through those periods 
in growing your business where you're suffering from growing pains. For instance, right now, I'm too busy to really do everything on my own. I've been at my wits end and kind of pulling my hair out because I'm so busy, I cannot keep up. I'm getting behind. Um, I've been trying to outsource editing, but have been unsuccessful in finding somebody whose work comes back from the retoucher ready as far as I'm concerned, like good enough for me to just throw my artistic edits on and be done with. Like I end up having to edit something that's been edited. And that's been with five or six different retouchers that I've used so far. I'm still looking. I'm not too worried about that part of it right now. Although since I have been editing a lot of my own things, it is causing me to limp along a lot more. I have a pile right now of about 30 calls I need to make of people trying to be part of the 5050 project. And each call takes me about 20 minutes. I have zero time to call them back. So I ended up trying to hire somebody to help me with phone calls. I took a day, went over everything, trained her, sat on the phone with her while she made some calls. She First, she listened to me make some calls. I booked a few people while she listened. Then she made some calls and she booked someone for me. Then her dad had emergency surgery and suddenly after the first day of working, she has been unavailable. So we got through maybe five calls the day that she was being trained. And now there's about 25 calls left for me to make. And I just can't keep up with it. So looking for somebody to help me out with that and maybe help out with the studio as far as cleaning. But all these things cost money. (laughs) All these people cost money. And right now I feel like I don't want to take away from the amount of money I'm making because I'm at a point where next year I'll be increasing my prices and then maybe it'll be easier for me to do that. But it's obviously a growing pain, but I'm stuck and I don't know how to get past it. How do I grow bigger than this with the amount of money that I have now? And um, still, I mean, obviously the more people I hire, the more time I have, the more money I can make, but I'm just walking that line right now and it's tricky. Any hints? or tips that you could give me on ways to get through this and push up to the next level would be helpful. Thank you. All right, Kat. Now, I know that you have a studio with a couple staff members, so I want to see what you have to say first. Oh, my gosh. I have so much to say about this. (laughs) I knew you. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it, honey. Okay. Well, on the first piece, as far as, as outsourcing, like retouching, I know she said she's not super worried about it. I think the key, the overall key for everything that Shelly's experiencing right now is patience. Mm-hmm. Because in this space, you think like, okay, I can bring somebody on, whether it's for retouching or as an assistant or training up an associate. Um, you think, okay, well, that's good. You know, we can really get them in motion, you know, two, three months and we'll be good to go. That's not the case. Uh, because your studio is your name, even if it's not named after you. In Shelly's instance, it is. Um, You have to invest your time into people, and that also means your money. So what's actually going to happen for Shelly is that she's hit a ceiling, and now she has the forethought to be looking forward and going, oh, okay, so if I'm going to grow, I need to be doing all of these things. But she's finding out that there's a monetary investment in all of that, whether it's, you know, the the cost of her time or an actual like monetary payout. And that's going to be there for probably the next year. So really, I would, I would advise her to look for a VA and talk to people about having somebody come on to make those phone calls and sort of manage the studio, take the regular, you know, phone and email inquiries, 
and talk them through for the full sessions so that she can focus on that that campaign list and really connecting with those people because the people that come in on that campaign are coming in because they're excited to be a part of this with her. And then as she finds people to bring on long-term, she can invest her time into training them so that they become everything they need to be in her brand, not just really great at what they did at the last job they had. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's one of those things, too, where it's going to be so important to sit back and look at what are my goals? What do I want to happen? Mm -hmm. Like, like, Shelly, if you're too busy to take on more clients, then how about start a waiting list? I mean, it's but if you decide that you for you, you don't want to hire more people, it's just not what you want to do. You don't have the money to do it. I mean, it is one of those things where you have to look at what are your long-term goals. Yes, hiring someone does cost money. However, if you want to level up, you need to hire someone. And I know you said that you started with one person and it, you know, it hasn't worked out. That is just what happens when you're looking for employees. It's not like, you know, so find someone else. Like if you really truly want to level up and grow the business and have the staff, you've got to actually do it. It's going to mean, yes, hiring someone or look for an intern, you know, see if you could find, okay, I, I want to say look for an intern and maybe do a trade for photos and that sort of thing. But sometimes people just are not all in if they're not getting a paycheck. I mean, it can really truly go either way. But the bottom line is if you want to level up, you've got to invest in and spend the money on a staff member. And a VA, like Kat said, is a virtual assistant and that can be a game changer. And I'm like speaking to myself here because I should have had a virtual assistant hired like two years ago and I still haven't done it. So I know how you feel where you're just like spinning the hamster wheel and you're like, Ugh. but like Kat said, when you reach that ceiling, you have got to make a decision. And as far as retouching goes, you know, I love my retoucher, but pretty much every photo, there's a few other things that I'm going to do when it gets sent back to me, but that's okay because the price is right. She does, you know, most of the work, but it's still, I'm looking at, she's cutting down hours and hours and hours of time. So if you can find a retoucher that maybe is doing like the most of the work, and then you can just do a little more tweaking and add your color, you know, schemes or your creative edits and that sort of thing, even that is better. You know, so sometimes it means not finding the most perfect retoucher ever, but someone who is just taking hours off your plate so that at least it's cutting down some of your editing time. I mean, there's always a way to work around this. And it's just a matter of like, what are your goals? And if you want, do you want your studio to grow bigger? If the answer is yes, you've got to hire someone. End of story. What do you think? Well, and Nikki too, I think another really great exercise, and this is something that really helped me out when I was like freaking out and going, oh my God, I need an assistant. I need help. And, you know, and in that space was sitting down and, and defining who I wanted that person to be like the values that they possess and the skill sets that they're really great at and and all of these things, right? I need somebody whose attention to detail is just unparalleled and who is an honest person who loves creativity, you know, all of these things so that when I did go looking for them and put ads out on LinkedIn and, and all of the things, I knew the type of person that I was looking for so that I wasn't just looking at a resume 
and Mm -hmm. hoping Mm -hmm. that they weren't maybe embellishing a little bit, right? Because you can read all of those things because your brand belongs to you and resonates with who you are as a person, like not to get all woo woo, but, and the people that you have around you Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. to be on that same ship. And if they're not, uh, you know, I, I had a, an instance earlier in the year where, you know, that person that was working for me just was not on the same page. And the studio really suffered a lot because I was so busy trying to hire mm-hmm. somebody. I didn't really look super deeply into who I was hiring. And, uh, you know, you really want to make sure that you're aware of where you want your business to go. Like Nikki, you talked about goals. Um, and the type of person you're going to need to support you in getting there. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's huge. Like, I'm not going to hire someone who has the same superpowers that I do. Like, and I'm certainly not going to hire someone right. who's like, you know, an unorganized, you know, squirrel like I am, where I just can't stay focused for more than 25 seconds. I need someone whose superpower is organizing my emails, who can, you know, sort things and make my to-do lists and god I'm, as i'm saying this i'm like anyone out there who sound like this is a good fit for you because <laughs> you know it's here we are yeah, yeah it's just a matter and and i know it can be scary to look at spending the money on hiring someone but like kat said with a va mm-hmm. i mean some vas are very affordable and if you can find someone who's really great and start with you know 5 hours a week and see if that takes uh, you know a load off of you and if this time allows you to do two or three more shoots that you want to do, that money is going to pay for this VA tenfold. So again, if you want to grow, you have to do it. Otherwise, it's going to be scaling back on how many people you're interviewing for your 50 over 50 campaign. And if you're wondering about this 50 over 50 campaign, there's a really great video on Subrace Education called Face. And it's all about finding a campaign that speaks to you in order to get clients in the door. And clearly the 50 over 50 is speaking to Shelly. She really liked this campaign and she's got so many people coming in. So it's just such a great marketing tool. And again, if you want to learn more, it's called Face and it's on Subrace Education. So, you know, it's one of those things that it's either going to be because what you don't want to happen is your service is lacking and you're not calling people back right away and you aren't delivering your images on time. Like no, that is not the route that you want to get into. So it's either going to be taking less shoots and just putting people on a waiting list and letting them know that or you hire someone. I mean, those are really your only options. So but we do wish you the best of luck, Shelly. And it's so awesome that you're so busy and congratulations on that. And it's just so great. I'm gonna have to look up your work and, and follow along for your 50 over 50 campaign because that's very, very cool. Well, and Nikki, before we run off on to that next person, I also just wanted to congratulate Shelly too. Shelly uh, just became one of the one of five uh, fellows. Oh, right, that's right, Shelly. Oh my yeah, gosh. For accreditation. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah. And there are only five. That is, that's incredible. Okay. So if you're wondering what that means, we have an awards and accreditation program and there are different levels. So there's associates, masters, and fellow, and you can earn points towards your accreditation. And then you can basically, it's like street cred and bragging rights all over the place, not only to, you know, clients, but, you know, to, to your peers and to your colleagues. So it's really, really cool. I'm a master. What level are you right now, Kat? I'm a fellow. Oh, you are a fellow. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. I totally like dropped the ball the last couple of rounds. I was like, ah, I need to submit more, but I'm just like, I love being a master. I'm okay with that for now. 
<laughs> I'll have to follow at some point. But yeah, very cool. All right. Well, congrats again, Shelly. And okay, let's get on to our next question. All right. Our next question comes to us from Adrian Como, and she's in Middleton, Nova Scotia in Canada. So let's hear Adrian's question about just announcing new pricing to old and new clients. I am going to launch my new prices in January 1st, on January 1st. Um, right now, I my average for sessions is around $500, but I want to make that a little bit higher, of course. So I'm gathering all of my marketing material, everything that I have to get ready, and January 1st is when I'm launching my new prices. How would you advise to do that? Just go straight ahead and start delivering your new prices or just kind of gradually up them so that it's not like a big sticker shock, shell shock to old clients and uh, new clients. Thank you. So Adrian, this is such a great question. And we get this question um, quite a bit, actually, and it, because it's, it is, it's a common problem. Like I'm raising my prices and I don't want to freak everyone out and scare my old clients away. Here's the thing for new clients, they have no idea what your old pricing was, you know, 99% of the time, unless they have a friend who booked you and who told you their pricing. But, you know, I don't think that happens too much. So for new clients, just like confidently show them your pricing, having a beautiful PDF with some behind the scenes photos, your gorgeous work before and afters, you know, just just having something really beautifully designed and just go for it. Like, these are my prices. I'm so excited to photograph you. Let's pick your date. I'm going to coach you and direct you through your whole photo shoot. It comes with hair and makeup styling. Let's talk about what you want to wear. Like, get them really excited about it. For your past clients, some clients are going to come with you with your new pricing and some aren't. And that is totally fine. Not everyone is going to be okay with you raising your prices. It doesn't matter. You let them go with love. But for previous clients, if you want to, it's not even about saying, oh, I have this new pricing. You know, we don't want to put our emphasis on the fact that you're raising your prices. Emphasis what your new service is. Emphasis, you know, show some of your new work. Like if you have an email list or social media, like just start saying, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Starting in January, we're upping our game. We've got hair and makeup styling now. You get to wear four or five outfits, blah, 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 you know really pump it up. And for your previous clients, you can email them about this like amazing changes that's happening within your business, your studio, whether it's outside portraits or in-studio portraits. And then you can offer them again, a gift voucher. That is sometimes going to help those past clients come along like, hey, you know, thank you so much for being a client. My business has gotten a big makeover. And starting in January, I'm offering you this gift voucher for $200 or $500 or whatever it is towards your new pricing, whatever price feels comfortable to you and you know tell them it's good for the next 60 days don't lose out on this amazing gift voucher can't wait to photograph you and your family or photograph you and your husband or you and your partner or whatever for this new year and just you know go with it like that again some people are going to come with you and some aren't but don't put the emphasis so much on the pricing put the emphasis on it's a start to a new year let's do your photos this is going to be so great and you know and just kind of go from there anything you want to add to that Kat? Um, yeah, a couple of things. First, you're always going to be expensive no matter what you charge to somebody. Whether you're $500 right. or $5,000, somebody's going to be like, God, that's a lot. So I've always just sort of leaned into, well, I mean, if the same person is going to tell me I'm expensive at $500, then I might as well be $5,000 because they're not my client anyway. 
Uh, and then that's right. Right. Good point. And then the second piece is just sort of leaning on to your point about gift vouchers. I, I recently, you know, redid my pricing menu so that my associates are at my former pricing and then I'm just a larger investment. And what I've done is I've called and sent physical letters to my previous clients for the last three years, inviting them into the studio in 2021 and then saying, hey, my pricing's gone up, but because I value you, here is a gift voucher, just like you were saying, here's a gift voucher for $1,000 toward your session when you pre-purchase a portfolio with me. Yeah, fantastic. So then they're pre-purchasing for their session. So they're locked in, they're invested, they're excited. And then we just get that consultation on the calendar and move forward. Like I've got bookings into March right now. That's awesome. Very cool, Kat. Yeah, and, and it's a very cool cat. Does that happen? You're such a cool cat. Like, <laughs> it just came out as like it was supposed to. Um, anyway, yeah, so it's one of those things, again, that try not to stress out about it so much. Instead, think like, hell yes, I'm raising my prices this year. I'm going to have so many amazing clients. My sales average is going to go up. And, you know, and and continue to add value and service to what you do. And if you just continue to do that, people are going to continue booking you know, make sure your portfolio is strong and just make, you know, make people excited. And, and yeah, and Sue talks all about this too on the website. She talks about how mm-hmm. to transition your clients. It's, it's, you know, there's videos for that and she walks you through step by step by step how to do it. So hopefully you are just going to come out of this, Adrian, feeling confident and, and just ready to go. And the cool thing too about raising your prices, at least it was for me, is that I knew in my head, I, you know, my goal, it used to be, it was 10 photo shoots at a $1,200 average. And then I went down to eight photo shoots at an $1,800 average. That was my goal. And that was like four years ago or something. That was my goal. Anyways, once I raised my prices to a sustainable amount, I wasn't burning the candle at both ends anymore. I only had to book, I had to find eight people every month that wanted, you know, that book to shoot with me eight a month out of the like, you know, millions of people that are surrounding us. It's like, well, although I do live in a super tiny town right now, but I have a bigger, you know, more more people in my studio. But the point <laughs> is, is the the higher your average becomes, the the less shoots you you really have to do, the less crazy busy you are, unless you decide you want to hire an associate like both Kat and I have. So it just, again, a lot of this comes down to your goals and what do you want and and keep that goal in mind all the time. Sue talked about it in a previous portrait system episode where it's all about leveling up and you can totally do this. You just have to keep your eye on the prize and remind yourself, the universe, God, whomever that is to you about your goals and what you want to achieve and keep putting it out there. Anything you want to add? No, I think that's absolutely correct. Like just that's your personal question every day is, does this align with the goals I have set forth in this business? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. All right. Thank you, Adrian, for the question. And let's move on to our next question is from Rosalinda Garcia. And her business is called Forever La Vie. I hope I said that right. Forever La Vie, V-I-E, photography. And she is in Albaline, Texas. Her question has to do with the fact that she's been portfolio building and now she's ready to charge. And she's like, oh my gosh, do I make the jump and charge the Sue Bryce kind of industry standard price. It's not just Sue Bryce pricing. It's industry standard, you know, photography pricing. Sue just breaks it down into a model that's so easily Mm -hmm. used and it's just so simple and it just works. So 
So anyways, let's listen to Rosalinda's question. Hi, Nikki. I'm Rosalinda Garcia. My business is Forever Lovey Photography, and I'm just getting started. This is about me wanting to charge the amount Subrise has taught us. Uh, I've been folio building for the past two and a half, three years. Since then, I've grown and have produced some beautiful images to almost somewhat beautiful images. My oldest daughter, who is 35, tells me, now I'm ready. Mom, stop giving away your photos. Start charging. You're ready. Well, when I tell my daughter and my husband how high my prices will be, the Sue Bryce way, they say nobody's going to want to spend that much here in Abilene, Texas. Therefore, they will not buy from you. You should make it affordable. That way they can buy. All right? Well, my aunt, who has been following all of you famous photographers for a while now, says that I am ready to charge the amount I'm wanting. And lastly, there's this former photographer here in Abilene who is 83 years old. His work has been uh, in the geographic magazines, and he tells me lower my prices. Well, I would like to charge the higher end, how Sue has taught us. But if I don't get any business, I would feel the need to lower my prices. And that would make me feel like a failure. So I don't know what to do. I don't know to just go ahead and do that. And then having to feel that terrible about myself afterwards or just take a chance. I appreciate your help. Thanks. Oh, Rosa, Linda. Okay, so as I'm li- I was listening to your voice, and I'm and I'm like, I need to see her work right now. So I, I pulled mm-hmm. up as I was listening to your um, question here. I pulled up your work, and you know what? Your work is amazing. Your work is beautiful. The connection, the posing, the color tones, the lighting. Your work is really, really amazing. And if if it's one of the most important lessons I have learned since I started my own business is not to listen to what other people tell me I should charge. It is going to be so important for you to value what you do. And I believe deep down you do. I truly do. I heard you say that you want to be charging higher prices. So Rosalinda, that is what you do. That is 100% what you do. Your work is worth it. Your time is worth it. You've got to value yourself and your work. And don't listen to, you know, the 83-year-old photographer. Don't listen to your husband. Okay, I hate to say that because husbands are, you know, partners are important and spouses are important. But one thing that is so important, start doing it and stop talking to him about what you're, what you're, okay, no, okay. Again, I'm not trying to give marriage counseling here. But like, don't tell people, the people who are telling you you're charging too much, just don't even talk to them about it. Just start doing it and show them. Show them your first $1,000 sale. Show them your first $2,000 sale. Just start doing it. But here's the thing too. And you even, you you started to say this, Rosalinda, you don't want to start with your prices higher and then have to lower them. So again, like Kat and I have talked about a couple times now, if you want, price it higher. And if you're still just not 100% sure or people aren't booking, give out gift vouchers for $500 or $300 or $100 or something. So that you're still showing them like, listen, my portraits are worth starting price at $900 or $1,200 or wherever you're comfortable starting, but I'm going to give you this gift voucher so that way they see it in their head and they know the value of it. So you're not so much like, you know, discounting it, but you sort of are, but in a very classy, valued way. Kat, what do you think about all this? So one of the things that, that she said in her question was that she would feel like a failure if nobody booked. 
And I think that's that's really important to touch on um, because that's exactly like the core of the value. Like, well, I think I value it, but what if I'm wrong? Yeah. And when you're you're coming into building a sustainable business model that allows for profit, you aren't wrong because just by creating the infrastructure to build out a profitable business means that you do value what you're doing. So I'd say go for it. And I agree too, like your family's not running your business. They're not doing all of two years of portfolio building. They're not writing a business plan. They're trying to cheer you on and be supportive and give you different perspectives. But at the end of the day, it's your decision how much you command for your work. And that does mean that maybe in the beginning, people are a little hesitant about it because there's not a big reputation at stake here, right? Like they don't know your name. Uh, but as you build relationships, that will change. Mm -hmm. And then people will be excited when they get a booking with you instead of, oh gosh, I don't know if yeah. I want to spend. It's, oh, I can't even believe it. I got in with Rosalinda. That's great. I can't wait. Yes, totally. I love that, Kat. It's, it's, and it's so true. When you become the photographer that people want, I mean, it's amazing. They will save, mm -hmm. they'll pay for it. They start to value what you do just as much as you do. And it's really cool. And okay, so I, I wish I had I wish I had you on the line, Rosalinda, because I'm pretty sure you said someone in your family was telling you that you need to start charging. So is everything that I'm seeing on your Instagram, this all free work, if that's the case, oh my gosh, you need to start yes. charging like industry standard now. Okay, so I'm looking at one of the photos you have a bronze uh, from the Portrait Masters Awards. Bronze means like professional standards. And I'm assuming this was a, you know, a higher bronze. I don't know what your score was, but I I'm just like blown away that you are not charging yet. So I think it's time. But again, it comes back to you believing it and you valuing it. And again, use those gift vouchers if you need to. But man, it is, it's it, okay. And also, you know, when I, living in Seattle, cost of living is quite a bit higher, a lot higher, let's say, than in Michigan. And I had a photographer tell me when I was moving back to Michigan and opening my studio. Actually, I wasn't even moving back. I was just opening my studio here for when I came back and forth. And she's like, you know, you're not going to be able to charge Seattle prices in Michigan. And I was like, hmm, watch me. You know, and, and of course, wait, I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, can I? You know, of course, <laughs> it makes me stop and question myself. You know, it's like so stupid, but I know better and I know that I could do it and I'm doing it. I've been doing it now for like five years. So it's, it, it is, it's a matter. And that's not to say I didn't give gift vouchers out here when I started in Michigan, when I started my studio here because I did, because it, you know, it was one of those things where I needed to build my clientele here, but I don't have to do, I don't give gift vouchers out anymore. I mean, I'm full price. If you want to book me, here's my pricing sort of thing. And it's, you know, it, you can do it. You absolutely can do it, Rosalinda. So, yeah, I just like want to jump through and give you a big yeah, hug. Yeah, can we send some applause for way? Like, yes, do it, do it, do it. I know, I know. Oh, gosh. It's like when you see someone and you, you know, you just know they mm -hmm. can succeed. And it's like, and as long as you're doing, as long as you've got professional standard images, you're providing great service, you're making people feel comfortable you're asking for the referral. I mean, all of these things build up and then all you have to do is start doing it, like just start doing it. So that's my advice. All right. And also if you are in, you know, where you're in the portfolio building process and you like want to launch and you're nervous, or whatever, go through the 12 week startup with us again too. I mean, it's just one of those things where sometimes it's nice to have just like a cheering section 
along with you. And, and it's so like that in our Facebook group and people just, you know, helping each other and going through kind of what we're doing now. It's just troubleshooting questions and helping people move forward when you're just like in that one spot of like, okay, do I take the leap? Do I go for it? So yeah, it's just, it's so great when people do take the step. So keep us posted, Rosalinda. Let us know what you decide. And one to one more, one more thing about what if people don't book me at that price? Trust me, not everyone books me at my price. It's just not every inquiry that I get does it end up in a booking. And there's no shame in that. There's no reason to like feel terribly about yourself when it comes, you know, down to that. What should make you feel terrible is never trying and never putting yourself out there. Okay, wait, I didn't mean to say that you should feel terrible, but that is to me worse than never actually trying and giving it a shot. Like, I mean, don't you feel bad not ever taking the step forward? It's like, it can't be any worse, right? What do you think? (laughs) Am I I crazy in saying that? What's the worst that could happen is they say no. Okay, thank you so much for Uh, the opportunity to present you with my work. Yeah. And then you move on to the next person. And I'll be here if you change your mind. You know how many times I've said that? Yeah. I'll be here if you're ever ready or you change your mind. I'll be here and I would love to photograph you one day. Absolutely. And then that's okay. So, all right. Let's move on to our next question. And that comes to us from the UK and from Mike Stapleton with Mike Stapleton Photo. And he wants to know if we just have any advice on getting potential clients from our landing page to doing a consultation, ooh, without being pushy. Let's let's hear his question. Hi guys, I'm Mike Stapleton uh, from Dartmouth in the UK. I'm really struggling to get uh, potential clients from the um, landing page to actually having a face-to-face consultation or Zoom consultation. Uh, I was wondering if you had any kind of advice as, as how to get them to that next stage without being overbearing and pushy. Kat, what do you think about this one when it comes to landing pages and getting people to take action? So one of the things about landing pages is the whole purpose of it is not just to give them information, but it's also to start planting the seeds for them to start visualizing what it might be like to have this experience with you. Mm-hmm. So yes, you want to, you know, go over the general logistics, but I actually include a contact form on any of my landing pages that asks them like trigger questions, right? Like what makes you want to have this this experience today? Why is this important to you now? What would you like your hair and makeup to look like for your session? And then get a phone number from them. Because instead of responding via email, you're just going to pick up the phone when that inquiry comes through and call them and reference the answers that they gave you so that you can say, okay, this looks like so much fun. I'm so excited to be working with you. The next step is to actually book a consultation. So when would be a good time for us to you know, spend 15, 20 minutes really talking about the process and what you have in mind for your shoot? It's not being pushy. It's That's just how you do business. And once you can sort of make that that differential for your own self, the easier that step is going to be in your business. Yeah, that's such a great point that it, following up with someone is not being pushy when they have shown interest to you. And one of the most important right. things you can do on a landing page is having some sort of call to action. Have them answering questions. Ask for their email or their phone number. I, I'm not so much – I hate being on the phone. I, I don't know why. It's just something I just do not enjoy. So I love uh, email, and I know sometimes that, you know, obviously it's better to be on the phone or in person, but I personally <laughs> – 
Yeah, I prefer to respond via email. And and I think a lot of it too is I'm that type of consumer. I don't want I, don't, I would rather someone not call me. I'd rather them email me, but that's just the type of consumer that I am. However, if it was a situation like this where I had never done a photo shoot and I had a million questions, heck yeah, I'd want someone to call me. And if they didn't call me or if they didn't follow up with me, I'd be like, well, I guess they don't want my business on to the next person. So in the end, Mike, it's it is a matter of asking them questions like Kat said, giving them a call to action getting them interested in the photo shoot and and entice them. Like give them just enough information to want more. Entice and educate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, It really has to do with not giving away, you know, the farm on the landing page. It's enticing them. And I think that's just something that it depends on what your goal is. You know, if your goal is to get them in for a consultation or is it your goal to book them on the spot? Are you trying to sell gift cards? You know, it can really, what is it that you want to happen from that landing page? I think a call to action is a great idea, Nikki, because you want to give people next steps and make it super simple. So put your information here. Tell me about what you have in mind for your session. Like be excited with them to just get them excited so that when you do call or you do send an email with your PDF and your, you know, preliminary info, the consultation is the obvious next step. So maybe that's your call to action is book your consultation. Click here. Yeah. I'm curious, Mike, what makes you think that you are being pushy? You know, it's like asking people for their business is not being pushy. I mean, if you're continually following up with someone when they're saying, no, 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 thank you, no, thank you, that's being pushy. But I just encourage you to kind of take a look at what makes you think that you are being pushy and just kind of go from there. And again, make sure that landing page is really beautiful. Make sure you're putting your best foot forward, you know, show some of your favorite portraits, make it all about them. You know, how can I help you? How will you use your photos? You know, what's your dream photo shoot location? How soon do you need these photos? You know, just ask questions that get them excited. And, you know, how would you want your hair and makeup done if you offer hair and makeup? You know, it's just a matter of planting that seed and asking for some sort of information, whether it's book now or book your consultation now or, enter your email, enter your phone number. So it just, again, it all goes back to a call to action and planting the seed like Kat said. Yeah, you can totally do it, Mike. Really, truly. And and one more thing, Mike, is that when someone is, you know, on your landing page at that point, or if they have filled something out on your landing page, and then you're following up and they're not responding, like, I guess, I think we might even need more information about where is the not- converting this person coming from like are they inputting their email or or phone number on your landing page and then you're not booking from there I'd be interested to to learn more about that if you if you can do a post in the Subrice Education members only Facebook group and then maybe we can follow up because I'm, I'm really curious about this and why you're not converting so yeah so I'd love to learn more information about that and You know, when someone does, if they are giving you their email or coming to your landing page, I mean, that's a buying signal. It's it's showing you that they really are interested. So definitely don't push them away and don't be afraid to follow up. It truly can be all the difference. If you're nervous to follow up or I I remember feeling like that before when I get an inquiry or something or someone would ask me and I would just kind of like brush it off like, oh, yeah, I'll get in touch with you. Like it's just instead of actually saying like, let's get your calendar out and let's put a date on your 
calendar for your consultation. I would be like nervous about it. So I guess just check your energy on it. Are you nervous about it? Are you, you know, have you had an experience with someone else that turned you off and made you think that you're being pushy? Like, I think we just need more information. So I'll look forward to your posts in the group and we'll just kind of go from there. All right. Well, and Nikki, well, do you can... want to, do you actually want to talk about the, the energetic piece? And you can say no, but like, cause that's a lot of the objection, especially with people in startup is they don't want to come off as pushy or salesy because they don't like being sold to. Right. So right. maybe that's right. really the conversation for, for Mr. Stapleton. Yeah, that very well could be. I mean, energy is a huge part of it. And I hear people say that all the time. They don't want to do in-person selling or in-person sales or whatever because they don't want to be salesy. It's like, well, then just don't be salesy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when people come to you for a service and you take their photos and you're showing them the photos, they're expecting to purchase the photos. And so it's one of those things where you don't have to be afraid of it. When someone you know books you, it's because they want to buy from you. And, and really, it's just all about helping them through that process and making it a really fun experience. And again, I know I keep talking about it, but the, it's on Sue Bryce Education, Sue goes over exactly how to sell in a way that isn't salesy. And, and you can tweak it based on your personality. Like my personality is, you know, I'm pretty talkative and outgoing with my clients and that sort of thing. So I'm right in there helping them make decisions where for some other people, it works best to not say anything because then you end up talking yourself out of the sale. So it just really depends on your personality. And there's, you know, a, really a, a kind of a sequence or like a formula to follow. And, and on SBE, we've got the five contact points for selling. So you've got number one is a consultation Number two, I'm sorry. Yes. Number one is consultation. Number two is networking. Number three is during the photo shoot. Number four is during the photo reveal. So during the in-person sales session, which can also be online. It does not have to be physically in person. It can be online on the Zoom call as long as you're interacting live. And then the fifth is asking for the referrals. And, and there's a video through that walks you through each of those steps so that it just doesn't have to be scary and you don't have to feel like you're being salesy. And you can just like really work through that block that I think a lot, I know I used to have it and I know a lot of people still have it now. So it's a, it's a good point to bring that up, Kat. Well, and I think it's important to reframe it, right? Because mm -hmm. you're not trying to hustle them into a consult. They have reached out to you to be a solution to their need. So, mm -hmm. so long as you stay in service and honor your business with the, the process that you have that you need in order to create for them, like that's not selling, that's just being in service. That's doing what they've asked for you to do. Absolutely. You're helping them solve a problem. Look at it that way. Right. People are coming to you because they need photos for a specific reason, whether it's for work. Maybe they need you know, a new headshot because they're looking for a job. Maybe they're going in the dating world and they need something for you know, their dating profile. Maybe they just need a boost of confidence. Maybe they need family photos. You know, Whatever that is, look at it as you're helping someone solve a problem. And that's really what it comes down to. Don't look at it as, as you're trying to take their money or you know, they're doing something for you. What can you do for them? Focus on solving their problem. And that totally gets that mental shift. You know, it just changes mm -hmm. everything when you look at it like that. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, and then money becomes the byproduct of you being that solution. Exactly. It's an even exchange. I'm going to mm -hmm. help solve a problem and you're going to pay me for it. 
I mean, really, it's a, that's just what it comes down to. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, Kat, for being here with us during this special week of podcast episodes and question and answer sessions. I'm sure we'll do another one of these at some point. So, yeah. Oh, thank I you. hope so. And make sure you listen to Kat's full episode and her story about how she almost lost her house to now having this like amazing sales average. And like you heard, she's got a full staff in her studio. And so your episode 19, is that right? 19? Mm-hmm. 19. So yeah, make sure you listen to Kat. And thank you as always for being here to listen to us on the Portrait System podcast. We really appreciate you and we also appreciate your reviews. So if you haven't left us a review yet we would love 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 if you would do that if you like what you hear we of course i always love five stars i'm not saying you don't you don't have to give me five stars <laughs> but <laughs> we always appreciate if you have you know any positive words to say about the podcast because we just love doing it and it really helps us when we have the reviews so all right well thank you again cat and we will talk to everyone next time have a great week thank you nikki Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. And there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love, and there are posing downloads, lighting downloads, I mean truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.